Skippy, billy, beep, 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 do, 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 do. Welcome to the Review Review Podcast. Welcome to the Review Podcast. I am Anthony. I'm Bree. And we are going to talk about the next movie in our series that we've been doing. Um, the last episode, we talked about Halloween. Today, we're going to talk about Halloween 2, 1982. Halloween 2 was made. Um, Bree, let me ask you off the bat here. What scares you? Well, what really scares me, strikes fear into my very, very bones, is a Sunday night before you have to go back to work the next day. Oh, dude, that sucks. That's so that scary. Sucks. Well, luckily, luckily, we're on break right now uh, for the next four days uh, until we get to go back to school. We're both teachers. Um, so luckily, we don't have to worry about that tonight. We're know, filming this on a Sunday. But it's so scary. Yeah. Ah. It is very scary. Uh, indeed, indeed, indeed. So, Bree, why don't we get to um, the segment that we, you might hear some jingling in the background. Kaido is here, a little puppy dog. Uh, hopefully he doesn't cause any trouble. We tried playing with him like a tremendous amount before. Oh, he's laying? Is he laying right now? We tried playing with him a tremendous amount before we started the podcast uh, this time over, and it seems like it worked because he's not bothering us as much. He just wants to hang out here. So uh, Kaido on the sticks. Kaido is going to be our audio engineer for today because, <laughs> boy, have I uh, been working my tail off trying to get this podcast off the ground, trying to get our audio situation figured out because last episode, not so great. But we're trying, like, with anything that's new, just give us grace as we figure it out yeah we're not we're not professionals here we're literally broadcasting this out of like our guest room you can see the walls are a little bit barren i got my Yu-Gi-Oh card posters up there um got so some mothman here yeah we got mothman as well brie why don't we start with this since we are on halloween 2 we ended halloween 1 with breeze treats so would you like to give us some breeze treats today okay so we're gonna grab our snacks today's breeze treat to go with Halloween too, since it takes place majority of the time in a hospital, we are going to make some Band-Aid biscuits. Ooh, Band-Aid yeah, biscuits. Yeah, you're going to need some strawberry or raspberry jam, white icing, and vanilla wafers. And you're going to kind of make it... Like to, a sandwich? Like the vanilla wafer, the long Yeah, like vanilla, are you going to make it like the No, so you're going to make wafer. a little, in the middle of the wafer, you're going to make a little box with the white icing. And then on top, you're going to do a dollop. Of a dollop, you say. Yeah, a dollop, like a tiny little scoop of the strawberry or raspberry. Um, so it looks like it's a Band-Aid and someone used it. Oh, like, oh it's a used Band-Aid? Yeah. Because they're in a hospital? Yes. I wish we had uh, Band-Aids in this movie because, boy, was it uh, a little bit more bloody than the last one. But yeah, Band-Aid biscuits. It's going to be a used Band-Aid. Um, and for your beverage, you're going to want to, you can buy these on line or at any kind of i think probably your best friend is <laughs> amazon <laughs> go on um and you're gonna buy they sell like the fake like iv bags and you're gonna fill that up with a juice of your choice and like a little juice box so Get your juice, get your band-aid biscuits, and we're ready to dive into Halloween too. Nice. I wish we had that going in. We should actually make these. Like, oh, I, th I thought about it. Yeah. We should actually make these. So here's an idea. 
Podcast first. Here's an idea as we're brainstorming right now. We can make the treats while we're watching the movie, or we can make the treats to eat on the podcast. I would say, now that I'm thinking about it in real time... I don't want to eat it. Yeah, right into the microphone. Um, But I'd love to show them to you, because these would be super easy to make. Um, Yeah. Cool. Uh, Getting into Halloween 2. Halloween 2 is uh, our sequel to Halloween 1. From 1978. This one was made in 1982. John Carpenter did not direct this movie, but he and Deborah Hill came back to write it um, and produce it. Uh, the director for this movie is Rick Rosenthal. I believe the movie was made for a $2.5 million budget, so significantly more than the last uh, Halloween was made for. Yeah, and you couldn't tell though. Really, you couldn't tell. I think it was all used on the blood. Honestly, um, so budget is a little bit more box office. I think I read 25 million at the time. Pretty good. Um, for a $2.5 million budget, that's pretty good. So Carpenter doesn't come back for this one. And I'll preface our conversation with this because I'm going to interchange a lot of what we're going to talk about here with some stories about the behind the scenes. Because behind the scenes of this movie is actually quite interesting. Um, I'll preface this with saying... The infamous story about this movie is that John Carpenter wrote this movie in a short period of time with a six-pack. Like, he hammered it out. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's the story. I don't know if it's true or not, but uh, that's the story everybody goes along with. And, I don't know, it makes sense. Yeah. It's a a crazy movie. uh, If you look at it in in a couple different ways. So, So. um, this movie takes place... So it's filmed four years after the first. Yes, but we pick up, like, during the events of the first. So it's like there is... It's the same night. Yeah. It's it's literally directly after the first movie. The whole, like, first maybe three minutes. recapping. Well, it's the last, like, four or five minutes of yeah. the first movie. Uh, and then the moment Loomis walks out of the Doyle house is the moment where it becomes Halloween 2. Mm-hmm. So, my big comment here, before we get into this, uh, is I wish we had more of the the scenes in the neighborhood. Because we open with that, and it's like directly after. It's, it's what happens after Loomis sees that Michael's no longer there. The police come, everyone's coming out of their, neighbor, uh, their neighborhood houses, and we see just everybody reacting to Michael Myers. And I think that's such an interesting concept. And we got a little bit of that in Halloween Kills, which we'll cover mm-hmm. a little bit later. Uh, and that was a cool concept, I thought. I always think it's a nice concept to see how everybody reacts to Michael Myers. Um, but I wish we got a little bit more of that. So, right off the, the bat, what strikes you about this movie? Um, music's different. The music is different, right? You, you open up to a... A similar beat, like you have your, and but it's not the same, like instrument. And it's it's synthier. It's more yeah. synthy. And we're like, I looked at him the when we started watching. I was like, this is a different song. Like this is not the same song. John Carpenter is credited for the music along with somebody else whose name I couldn't pick up in the opening credits. So I'm wondering if. Carpenter is credited simply for like that original tune, and they and got they revamped else. it for the '80s, because that's what it kind of seemed like. This is an '80s movie pretending to be in the late '70s, 
Um, For sure. Yeah, so it's a little bit more synthy. It's almost like it's uh, like orchestral in a way, like at the end. What do you think about that pumpkin in the beginning of the movie? I mean, you it stood out to you like right away. Yeah. And what stood out to me I is... I said, oh, that's cool. What <laughs> stood out to me is, do we notice that the pumpkins look like pumpkins? Yeah, I think that was an actual pumpkin, right? Yeah, they probably actually used real... I I didn't research the pumpkin. But, like, knowing that you're going to need pumpkins for this one, it's like, yeah, we can't film in the summer. Um, <laughs> we have to film at a good time. Sorry, he he rebounded pretty quickly from Oh, that. yeah, now he's being a terror in the back. You can hear the squeaking. Uh, uh, hopefully you stay with us during that. We can't stop it. We can't. It's the, the the joys of having a child, <laughs> a fur baby, a fur baby. Uh, so we get that opening with the pumpkin, and it crushes into the skull, which is really cool. Then we get into the uh, beginning of the movie, where it's a direct continuation of the first one. Michael Myers, not played by Nick Castle in this movie. Uh, Michael Myers, played by a stunt man named, and get this name. Dick Warlock, great name. And Dick Warlock has stated that he used the same mask as Nick Castle from the first movie. <laughs> he <laughs> used the same uh, uh, mask. Doesn't look the, the same mask. Like, no, no, no. Right off the back, we're like, sure, sure guy. Mm -hmm. Sure guy. Um, yeah, uh, that, that was one of the things that I, I wrote down here was that the mask looks weird. Like, it looks somewhat similar, but it looks almost like it's... And cr maybe crucify me if I'm wrong, or if you disagree. I thought the mask looked like the face was kind of smushed together. It looked like, it looked like, like, like more, you took the cheeks and you did like that. A more washed out mask, and yeah. like, definitely not as worn as the first one felt. Mm -hmm. and Or as scary as the first one felt. Yeah. Careful that crinkling into the microphone. He's not... Listen. He's going to bark at you. She's trying to take his toy away from him. Uh, he's going to bark at you. So you might as well just let him have it. And we might as well just deal with it until he tires himself out. Squeak, squeak, squeak. Squeak, yeah. squeaker, squeaker, squeak. Okay. Uh, getting back into it. So definitely not the same mask as no, the no first way. movie. It looks a little bit weird. I think they show his eyes a little bit too much. And that might be it. We talked about why it could look different, even if it was the same mask. And that really comes down to lighting. Um, Michael is not in direct light, really, mm -hmm. in the first one at all. In this one, he is in direct light quite a bit. And right. so that could also affect our believability that this is the same mask. Yeah. Because it just looks awful in direct light. Yeah. Um, but we pick up, and what I notice is, like, like we have Laurie Strode's hair, because Jamie Lee Curtis, she chopped off all her hair. That was really. a, a big story from the first movie, that yeah. they screwed up her hair so much with, like, the blowout that she ended up just chopping off all of her hair. So she's wearing a wig in this one, it's, and it looks bad. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a bad wig. It's a bad wig. It's a noticeable wig. Yeah, it's one of those noticeably bad wigs. So her hair looks bad off the bat, but not too bad because she just went through, you know, a pretty Helen traumatic Beck. experience. Yeah. 
So it could, like, it's believable that she's just disheveled, but her hair looked really good in the first one. So, like, it's hard when your hair goes from looking, like, really nice to an obvious wig. Right, right. And speaking of hair, did you notice that every man in this movie had curly hair? <laughs> good. Curly hair men don't get the respect on their name. Did you write that? No. <laughs> oh, you looked at your notebook like you had written that curly-haired men don't get respect on their name? Um, no, I, I, I wrote a comment about that. I said, why does every dude in the 80s have curly hair? That's the style. My dad even had curly hair. That's weird. I don't know if it's natural curls or is it a perm? Um, most likely a perm. Perms were big. My mom had a perm. My dad had a perm. It was the 80s. It was the 80s. So... Jamie Lee is taken into an ambulance and she's with a uh, hunky EMT, Jimmy. And right off the bat, so Jimmy is not a person that Lori really knows. Jimmy is the older college age brother of a boy that's in school with Lori. So we don't even know if that's like Lori's friend brother or this is just a random guy she has never met before but we'll bring this up jimmy does not leave Lori alone for the duration of this movie which i think is kind of weird yeah Lori. uh well she's in high school like this is a college age man yeah this is a college age guy um because I, I had this conversation with you when we watched the movie i was like you have to like have training and like you have to be of age to be an emt or a paramedic or whatever and Lori's in high school. She's like 17. So it's so weird. It's quite weird. Um, I'm going to pause for a second. Okay. Take a step back away from the mic. Not that far back. But don't be like all up in it. Because when you talk loudly and you're like really close, it's like... I'm just trying to do what you told me to do. Yeah. All right. Three, two, one... We're in the uh, ambulance, right? And we get taken to this rinky-dink hospital. I don't know if all hospitals look like this in the 80s, but this hospital looks severely understaffed for a night. Barely anyone works here. And the doctor is drunk. The doctor is drunk, right? Didn't they say like he, had, he was just coming back from a party or something? Yeah. And he asked for like four cups of coffee. Yeah, he's drunk. He's a drunk boy. I, I wrote that down. It's like, doctor's drunk, lol. They even say, like, he's drunk. And he, like, wrestles with the fact, like, he doesn't think that he did what he did correctly. Yeah, he has that scene where he's like, oh, I hope I did okay by you, Lori, and I hope you know, it's going to show minimal scarring. And I'm so like, Whatever Jesus. you did is going to show minimal scarring. Um, meanwhile, our B story... Loomis and Sheriff Brackett are driving around looking for Michael Myers. I wrote a comment on here. Uh, Loomis has nothing to do in this movie. Like, he's just there. Right? And I said, what one thing, it's like everyone's saying to Loomis, like, this is your fault. You did this. Why'd you let him go? And I'm like, he, he, he didn't. He, he went to go grab him. And he was already afoot. Like, <laughs> I was like, you know, I don't really like Dr. Loomis, but... He didn't do nothing wrong. And Loomis says maybe, like, he goes on this long, long speech about how Michael is so evil and he doesn't even think he's human and all that good stuff. And I'm just sitting there thinking, what a bad doctor. We had this conversation in the last episode. I was like, what a bad 
doctor because he says something and michael was the perfect patient he didn't talk he didn't react i was like that's the perfect patient like no that is a troubled patient that you need to be working with dude and he's like i just gave up on him it's like all right yeah that makes sense you just gave up on him dude um so loomis and bracket are roaming around looking for michael and then we get to maybe the best scene of the entire franchise and the worst death and the worst death so all of a sudden, they see some guy walking across the street, right? They see some guy walking across the street in a similar mask to Michael Myers because we're supposed to be under the impression that this is a common, like, Halloween mask that you just, like, pulled from the store. So this kid's walking, and, and uh, Loomis gets out of the car, and he's like, Oh, that's him! That's him! Let's get him! And guy's walking. He sees Loomis, continues walking, and Loomis pulls out the gun. He turns around and he walks the other way. And I wrote down here, I was like, one, it's weird because it's super late, right? After seven, kids are still out. He's walking home from a party with his mask on. He's drunk. But it's like, if someone... You find that out later. I was like, but if I'm walking and someone's like yelling at me and I'm like, who... Who are they yelling at? And then they pull out a gun. I'm taking <laughs> off my mask. Yeah. I mean, like, okay, I'm well, not the guy you're looking for, my guy. Yeah. So this is where we get to Loomis shoots at him, or is, like, about to shoot at him, I think, and then Brackett stops it. But all of a sudden, a car, a police, a, a police car, <laughs> the police killed this guy. So the police car rams into this dude full speed into another van and then the van blows up and he's like sandwiched in there like this boy is they could have just run him over like dead like <laughs> he's really dead like really dead meanwhile the real michael is just out there chilling around yeah Roman. so um, they they could have just ran this dude over but instead fire they blew him up as well and then they showed his charred body on the screen. <laughs> and they're like, oh, the dental records, they're even charred themselves. Um, no, it, so ends up being, it ends up being... It's Ben Tramer. Ben Tramer. Poor Ben Tramer. Uh, the love interest of Lori in the first one. Referenced briefly in Halloween 1 as Lori's potential love interest. Uh, he does not meet a good end. Uh, which is sad for me because Ben Tramer holds a significant place in my heart. Um, it's his drunk Sona. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, my phone, because I like to keep an alias. I don't like people finding me on like, uh, uh, I don't know, like airdrop or something. Similarly, I am the same way. Yeah. So I have an alias and it's Ben Tramer. And I also have like, an alias. My friends always go, uh, when I started doing this, they were like, who's Ben Tramer? I was like, it's the most obscure reference. He's the dude in Halloween 2 that <laughs> gets run over by the police and blown up. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Rip and Pepperoni's Ben Tramer. Rest in Pepperonis. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, poor Ben Tramer. So at that point, uh, Sheriff Brackett is told about the murders at the Doyle house, and he's told about Annie, who's his daughter, and we rush back to the Doyle house, we you know, get this whole scene of Sheriff Brackett like, kind of grieving over his daughter, and blah blah blah. And then we pick up, we see an old lady making some late night Sammies for her and her husband, and I, I still can't get over the fact that it has to be around nine. 
Like, who's making a sandwich at 9 o'clock? Especially an old person. And um, unfortunately, they meet their demise, these, yeah. old, these old people. Well, and the, this is where this movie is kind of different than the first Halloween. Because it establishes itself as using the same techniques that Carpenter does. The point of view shot, looking into the house from Michael Myers, the... Uh, the peripheral that Michael's like always in the peripheral but then he just kind of shows up and Michael is not stealthy at all there's no tension being built up it's just Michael's here and Michael's gonna kill you and he goes into the house murgles this lady steals the knife and then just like walks around the town I guess that is weird um it's a weird death um and it's, it's just strange. Strange. Like, and then we cut back to the hospital. So it's like you you get f from back to the A story at the hospital. And it picks up with this Jimmy character. And he is so worried. And asking the nurse about how Lori's doing. And I'm like, mind your business, mm -hmm. man. And then the nurse gives out her private medical information <laughs> yeah, to that. Jimmy. And she's yeah. like, we gave her this much um, medicine. She, If she's still awake, she's made a steal. And I'm like, I don't... He's not Hippo. another... Isn't that Hippo? Yeah, he's not Hippo. Hippo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, he's not a doctor. Um, I don't even know if EMTs, like our medical staff able to like have that information and he's not even like he's just like into lori like weirdly it's a weird fixation it, yeah it's weird she's in like a troubled state and he's just like wow she's cute yeah, <laughs> like that's so a weird, weird thing to think about um back to annie i wrote a uh, comment i brought this up to you i this is the first time i noticed it in rewatching this movie so Sheriff Brackett puts his hands over Annie's face to, like, close her eyes, and Nancy Loomis blinks. <laughs> the actress playing Annie, like, noticeably moves her eyes when he touches her eyes, which is, like, a natural response to do, but I caught that. Um, Loomis has a speech on, oh, wow, I, uh, you know, was with Michael Myers for 15 years. Same speech he gives from the first movie. Uh, this is all he does, the entire movie, is give speeches. About the same thing. Um, I, I noticed that the movie tries to use a lot of the same scares in the beginning as Carpenter used in the first movie where, uh, like, the kid runs into Michael Myers and it's a, like the loud screeching noise. Mm -hmm. uh, Michael's walking around the town. Nobody's noticing him because he's just, like, a dude in a costume. I, and I wrote, I was like, this man would be straight up walking everywhere. Like, he... <laughs> 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 like, for a man who hasn't been in this town for... 15 years he sure knows how to get here there and everywhere yeah okay maybe he's following well, there's a sign that says like to the yeah. hospital so, I mean, yeah. so i was like this man be walking everywhere Does he know how to read i don't know we don't know he was six when he went away assuming that you he probably six -year -olds, correct i teach seven year olds <laughs> do they know how to read uh they should not all of them do. So I'm going to bet Michael doesn't know how to read. No, but you would assume if he went away, they, they have to teach. Like, they don't stop teaching kids just because well, they Well, Loomis are. also says that he was, like, unreachable, right? That doesn't mean he's dumb. 
Yeah, I guess. Maybe that's a false equivalency. Yeah, so I, like, I wrote down, like, wow, like, he's just, like, going here, there, and everywhere. If, I mean, that sign said the hospital. He had to be able to read the sign that says this is to the hospital. Because nowadays, nowadays, if you want to go to the hospital, they have the words, and then they have, like, the symbols that say, like, this is a hospital. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we cut back into the hospital. And they're trying to get a hold of Lori's parents. But this is the era before cell phones. And they can't reach her parents because they went out to a party. But they left the party. But they're not home. Mm -hmm. So it's like we can't get a hold of the parents at all. Yeah, I wrote Lori's parents, question mark. (laughs) Like nowhere (laughs) to be found. Because they were at the, it's established that they were at the party with the doctor. Oh, okay. So that's how he knew to call the party oh. to get a hold of the parents. That makes a lot of which sense I'm like, his her parents are real estate agents. They're partying with a doctor. What is this town? <laughs> <laughs> Full of idiots. Because I saw Halloween Kills. They're all they're all a bunch of idiots. We'll get there. Um, behind the scenes note. Stop for a little behind the scenes note. There's a lot more gore in this movie. Once we get to the hospital. Michael just starts like murking people. Yeah, and um, it's 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 very brutal. It's very gory. Um, Got some pretty like gruesome deaths. This is an aggressive movie, and this is an angry movie. I think. And Carpenter, when he was writing the movie, and as he was producing the movie, um, first of all, let's preface this by saying, I mentioned this to you while we were watching it. I'm like. There's a reason why, all like a lot of the performances in this movie are pretty half-assed. Well, because I noted that when Lori's trying to leave, like she's, he, he's, she's like, even though they say that Michael's dead, he's not dead. I know he's not dead, and she's trying to fight in the bed. And I'm like, man, if I was trying to get away, I'd be thrashing a lot more than she's thrashing. Granted, she's been injected with a sedative but he's thrashing a little bit more and I'm, i noticed to him i was like she's not thrashing he's like yeah there's a reason for that like nobody wanted to be in this movie nobody wanted to make the movie um so erwin yoblitz and mustafa cod wanted a sequel and carpenter was filming the fog at the time and they kind of fought for the rights to carpenter's movies and what they had contracted carpenter to do so he was pretty much contracted to write this movie, even though he didn't want to. Carpenter had always said he feels like they told the story that they wanted to tell with the first one. There really wasn't anything moving forward. Um, so that's where we get the story of Carpenter wrote it in like a day with a six pack of beer. Um, John Carpenter initially asked former crew member and friend of his, Tommy Lee Wallace, to direct the movie. Uh, Wallace denied and Carpenter chose Rick Rosenthal, who was an unknown at the time. Um, and they butted heads because, and it was, o- it was over the gore aspect of this movie. Carpenter was actually the one who pushed for the gore, which is a weird thing to note um, because he was so against it in the first movie. But as Carpenter was writing the movie, he thought that the, traje- the trajectory of horror movies in that era was moving towards something that was a little bit more gory, and he wanted to push towards that a little bit more. Rosenthal directed a movie that was pretty uh, 
in line with Carpenter's original Halloween, where it wasn't like super gory, there was blood, but it wasn't a lot. Carpenter came in and did reshots. And he directed a few of those scenes where there's a lot of gore. Uh, Rosenthal was very unhappy about that. He felt like his movie was being changed and his vision for the movie was being changed. Um, so they butted heads pretty, uh, pretty frequently about that. Um, but I wanted to make that note because the movie is gory and I wanted to, uh, you know, have that explanation as to why. And as gory. we get through, um, the Halloween movies get progressively gorier. Yeah, they get more brutal, but this movie I think is particularly angry and aggressive. Um, as we get into it, there are a number of crazy deaths in this movie. Uh, a lady gets uh, drowned in scalding hot water. Well, I wrote so, like, that, drowned so while her face gets burnt off. Let's bring up that scene. First of all, hospital hot tubbin. Hospital hot tubbin. She, she, Brie brought this up as we were watching the movie like do all hospitals have hot tubs? And I was like, I know it's not like an actual hot tub. It's like a bath. Mm -hmm. um, that's in, but I'm like, why is it in? I, I don't know what they use that for. Um, doctors and nurses, uh, what do they use those for? Bathing uh, um, old people, maybe? Like, but why do you need a scalding temperature? Got me. I, I don't know. And I said, they, get, they both get into the tub and... Michael's messing with the temperature. He turns it up to like the hottest it can go. And the, the woman's like, hey, like it's hot in here. And the man, the other e EMT had the nerve, the absolute gall to say, it's just me. Absolutely not my guy. <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, no. not. I was like, it's definitely, if she's telling you that the water is getting hotter, like he should notice that. Shouldn't his ween know that it's getting hotter? I don't know. <laughs> do you notice? Do you notice temperature changes? I feel like changes? not just that would notice, but like your entire body would know it's getting like painfully hot. Yeah, like like when I'm in the shower and the water's a little too hot, I'm like, ooh, it's a little hot. It's getting, ooh, it's quite hot in here. And then we cut back to the the after. There, there's a death. He gets strangled because she wants him to go check the the temperature. It's almost off screen. He gets strangled like off screen. Like in the background, you see it. She doesn't see it. Her back is turned. So then we get the creepy Michael comes behind her, massages her shoulders a little bit. And she's just like, no, I got to go back to work. But we can get breakfast tomorrow. And then it made me want to get breakfast tomorrow. What would he get? If I was to get breakfast tomorrow, and I think we should because we have the day off, um, <laughs> I really, 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 really want some, like, good, like, eggs and bacon. And there's, like, a little pancake house not mm -hmm. 15 minutes from I know, here. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then she gets it pretty bad. This is a brutal death. This is one of those really gory deaths where they like cut it out of the tv edit they did cut it out of the tv edit of they cut a lot of things out of tv edit like the goriness mm -hmm. of the, in the tv edit um yeah he dunks her head in the scalding water like melts her face off well does she <laughs> die from that or does she die from die from drowning because he drowns her i think it's a double whammy it's brutal it's it's, it's a, a it's a brutal, brutal death I mean, and just to skip around a little bit, and we'll get to all of these little things, but 
Michael is in this hospital, and then when he's when he gets to the hospital, it's a noticeable change in tone of the movie. We're getting less Carpenter and more Rosenthal, and uh, that was a directorial choice. I learned from Rick Rosenthal saying that he wanted to emulate the vision and the tone that Carpenter had put forward as they were having a direct continuation of the movie. But once they get to that hospital, Rosendahl's like, this is my movie now. And that's why he was so unhappy when Carpenter came in and did reshots because- Hey, this is my movie now. This is my movie now. Um, So I noticed that, that Michael is not so much in the sidelines or in the background. Michael is forefront, right? Like they flat out like are not shy about showing him. He's not shy about walking into places. And uh, it's just a different vibe. And I think- I'm I'm skipping around a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit more about like the different deaths of the hospital right now because I think like it's good to knock them all out right now. Um, with the hospital, we get the most creative of the deaths because we get the well killing everyone with a scalpel. <laughs> yeah, he's just walking around with a scalpel. Scalpel is like a a small tool. Yeah, he's he's murdering. We get the the scalding water. We get the weird IV bag death, and you want to go into the weird IV. I don't know. Michael maybe drains some lady's blood with an IV. Like, that's the implication of that scene because we just see, like, her dead and then a big, uh, like, puddle of blood. So we have to assume that somehow Michael drained her of all of her blood. (laughs) <laughs> I guess I don't know and you know are these directors these movie writers these they're not doctors or nurses um we do stuff for the scare um and we're really the hospital deaths are interesting um I don't know if you can I mean you probably could murder someone with a, with a scalpel not I don't the way think Michael did Michael literally stabbed a lady in the back with a scalpel and, and lifted, lifted her, her off the ground it's a little tough to, we mentioned yesterday how Bob uh, his death was kind I of I think the scalpel would crack in half a scalpel is not a strong tool or like bend that. at least right because like to lift the whole body up woman has to be 130 it's a small tool. to 140 pounds it's not just michael having to be very strong but the tool has to be strong too and i don't think a tool is that strong yeah maybe we didn't think about it as much no mm-hmm. and then we get we cut to our b story and in our b story they're like he's been to the the elementary school he's at the elementary school and then you get to the elementary school and there's like a knife stuck in the teacher's desk and there's like a family picture of like a mom, dad, sister, brother, and little scene. sister. And the knife is through the little sister. And that's before we get the whole, Lori is Michael's sister. Yeah, we get that a little later. We get that a little later. But on the chalkboard is the like Celtic word, Samhain, which is butchered by Loomis's character. He says, like, Samhain or something. Well, do you think they were really going to tell Donald Pleasance, like, hey, you got to pronounce this ancient Celtic pagan word? And let's get into, like, Samhain. So Samhain is a pagan holiday. 
Um, it is a Celtic holiday marking the end of the harvest, the transition from like some like summer fall to like more winter. And it's celebrated um, the thinning of the veil. Um, so there's two times within the pagan year where the veil between the dead and living is thin. And Samhain is one of those times. The other time is at the spring equinox. Don't quote me on that. I have to really like look. But um, it's celebrated with food and drink. People dress up in guises. That's And they would go around not trick-or-treating but knocking on doors and like asking for food and like treats so that's it's a holiday and it's not a scary thing but he's like Samhain that is the god of death and destruction or something like that and I'm like uh no <laughs> and I was like also that's not how you say it um because just like Sersha um not everything is pronounced how it's spelled. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I was just listening to you talk about that. I don't know, diddly squat about paganism or witchy BS. I'm not a witch. Um, Unlike the dude who played Michael, whose name is Dick Warlock. He might. He might he, know a little he might thing know or two little about Sandheim. Samhain. Samhain. So like sow, like a like yeah. a female cow, and then. It's like an E-I sound. How did he pronounce it again? Samhain? Sam it's like Samhain or something. Samhain. Which is how it's spelled, but yeah. that's not how you pronounce it. And I just thought, wow, no one bothered to tell this man how to pronounce this word. I don't think word. they knew how to pronounce the word. Again, I think we're thinking about it more than Carpenter did when he wrote this. You because know what? Like, that comes out of nowhere. I know. They're like trying to like, why would he even write that? Like, they don't follow up on drunk. it. <laughs> they don't, they, Michael? No, Carpenter, when he wrote oh. the movie. <laughs> be like, what? Wait, I'm going to bet that he was... has nothing to do with anything. A little drunk. It's just, like, very strange. And and the sister thing we talked about, that really came out of nowhere. So we get that kind of, like, little clue with the knife on the teacher's desk, if you're paying attention. Yeah. And then we get the well, whole, I need to talk to you. Well, okay, so... Nurse Marion from the first movie comes back and she's like, oh, Dr. Loomis, I have to talk to you outside. And they talk and uh, they're discussing how the governor has called Loomis back to Smith Grove Sanitarium, keeping him away from Michael because they don't want to hurt the process of, or the public image of the rehabilitation program at Smith's Grove. Uh, they're, she's like, well, there's a U.S. Marshal outside that's going to take you back to the sanitarium. So they get in the car with the U.S. Marshal, and then Loomis hijacks the car after he learns that Lori is Michael's sister. Um, he holds up the U.S. Marshal at gunpoint, <laughs> shoots Illegal. the window as he's driving, um, and then they turn around and go back to the hospital. Meanwhile, A story, Michael is confronting Lori, She's all drugged up. Like, she is, she's not in a good place. Yeah. Like, her vision, this is where we get the nurse being lifted up by the scalpel. Like, her vision is blurry. If I saw that, I would think I was, like, hallucinating. Mm -hmm. But Lori obviously knew. She had a feeling Michael was not dead. She said, I have to get out of here. She was hiding for a little bit. I thought that was her best course of action. That's what I would do in this situation. She did the same thing she did in the first movie. 
you know, hide for as long as possible. But unfortunately, my co-founder, because she was leaving her hiding spot, never a good idea. We didn't mention that weird flashback that Lori gets. Oh, yeah, she's sleeping. And uh, but well, that's also like, kind of in like a waking slumber. Yeah, so she's remembering. Oh, this is my brother. <laughs> yeah, so they're like, oh well, my- Michael is Lori's brother. Uh, their parents died when she was young, and the Strodes adopted her. Where now we get this flashback of Michael, kid Michael, in the sanitarium, staring at a wall, and Lori comes to visit. And I'm like, wait, you don't remember that? You don't remember the that your girl was like maybe she was seven cool. or eight yeah, years she old. was quite old. Um, and I'm just like, I'm really like, I would remember There's a lot of liberties here were taken with this story, and I don't think that we can forgive these flaws as much as we can forgive the flaws from the first Halloween. Like, it I doesn't seem like this movie was made with love. No, it seems like this was done for money. Yes, um, for fun and profit. Yeah, but. Uh, just a little profit not so much fun i just and then we get so Lori's. she's we're gonna cut back to where he's chasing her they're having confrontations Lori's crawling on the pavement outside of the hospital and loomis and the the marshal they go into the hospital it's a locked door and Lori misses her opportunity. She whispers, screams, help but then once they're inside that's when she's actually able to get out a scream well, that scene is really interesting because it's like, I've had dreams where, like, have you ever had those dreams where you are, like, you, you want to yell, but, like, you, you physically can't yell? No, because most of my dreams are me flying. That's fair. <laughs> um, I've had that dream before where it's like, you, you want to yell for help, but, like, your voice isn't coming out. And that's what it seemed like Lori was dealing with. And maybe it's just, like, the It's the medicine. Or it the was... Me- oh, you think it's the medicine? Yeah. I think a lot... Lori would have been in a lot better shape if she wasn't so heavily sedated, which was the doctor's fault. Drunk doctor's The fault. drunk doctor's yeah. fault. So they walk through the door. Um, and then she finally gets up. She's running because Michael's trying to get her. Michael is never running. Michael is a little bit faster in this movie. A, a, I would, a, a like, slow jog. A slow jog. Um, so she gets to the door. She's pounding on it. She's screaming. They finally open it up. She gets safely inside, right? Oh, this is the best part of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and Michael like is approaching the door, and we see him. We're like, how's he going to get in? It's We're like, locked. It's, lo- it's locked. Like You would think the, the hospital had double-plated glass doors, like impenetrable. You want to keep... Especially with a lock from the inside type door. You want that door to stand up. This man... He Jason Voorhees is it. Yeah, he walks right through. I said... Because I didn't remember this part of the movie. So, he's walking towards the door. And I went... Walk through it. I said... I'm verbal... Like, loudly, I just went... Please walk through it. And then he walks through. I go, let's go! <laughs> and I think this is where uh, Anthony and I differ with our with what we think about the character of michael myers i'm like where does he become supernatural no human man can walk through a door like that well and loomis a lot of his speeches in the movie are about that like how do you take six bullets and and like are you walking around because he's not human (laughs) he is not human i tell you and then they, not, that's not the only door he murks in this. Oh, yeah. 
I forgot about those doors are the real victim of this movie. Right? They did like, doors the dirty. Gla- that glass door gets shattered by Michael just plowing his body through it. And earlier in the movie, when he's chasing Laurie initially, she's trying to hide out. And he... So there's this like... No, it's after. Is it after? Yeah. So there's this door with like a glass window kind of like on the top middle. And Michael's like outside of it. And he breaks the glass window and then realizes he still can't get through and then punches open the door and it's either a paper or the door the door looked like construction paper construction paper or like really thin <laughs> like balsa cardboard wood. yeah like something like that and i'm like oh i said what is this door lol <laughs> i said that too i'm like what kind of door is this that it literally look looks like balsa wood or like thin paper and you know that's something that's done practical that's a, effects that's that a production are, thing where like most of the time if someone needs to break through a door we want the illusion of breaking a door down like we're going to get the very thin it's a fixed door like very thin yeah. wood to break through it so it's gimmicked in the as a pro wrestling i'm not a pro wrestler so any pro wrestlers that might be listening to this and know i'm not in the business at all but it's gimmicked it's a gimmicked door so we get that and that's where like i stopped taking notes because yeah, i also stopped taking notes around that time because that's where we we speed up mm-hmm. at that point because we're reaching the client like the, the end of the movie so loomis and um laurie are in I don't know what is like a boiler room almost mm-hmm. and michael's got laurie kind of uh pushed into a corner he stabs loomis and oh, he's so dramatic no well he didn't really react to it i didn't think he went he didn't make a noise he, he didn't make went, he went like he went backwards like a real far back yeah. um <laughs> which i guess so if laurie, i ever got stabbed i would also fall backwards fall backwards be so dramatic about it like maybe even go and <laughs> so they would leave me alone okay um if anyone ever wants to kill me i will i will just fall backwards except i'm like <laughs> i ain't gonna I'm, i ain't gonna fight you on it like i, I don't got the time or the yeah. will <laughs> so Lori picks up loomis's gun and she's a super accurate shot she hits him like two times perfectly in both eyes one in one eye and then the other shot in the other eye she's on drugs guy she's on drugs brie yeah heavily sedated heavily sedated i don't know how she has that accuracy me either it's that super drug accuracy i cannot even play the gun shooting games in an arcade once i've had like like, one like (laughs) one mixed drink so i'm like wow like yeah <laughs> and then that's when we know that this is acting this is well, a this is world a, and of this is actors. a cool scene this is a cool scene that we get into where michael is blinded and he is just swinging like a madman he's just like <laughs> and then loomis in the background is uh loosening the gas and he's telling Lori, you gotta go. Like, you gotta you go. Gotta get out of here, girl. And, and she's like, I'm dipping. And she leaves. Brave man. Uh, takes his lighter, I believe, right? And he... And he's like, this is it, Michael. And he, he... And, you know, that's a... The accent that he gives, it's a very, like, specific accent for people in Hollywood that are a little bit older. They created their own accent. 
yeah, if you ever watched like a movie from the 1950s or like a Gone with the Wind or like that's 30s, but they Gone talk the... like this and it's very not a natural voice. I think of so a little bit of reference to the movie. Um, they had Night of the Living Dead. I was trying to remember the name. Uh, Night of the Living Dead playing in the lady who's making the Midnight Sammy. Uh, in her house and it was it's that scene where they're coming to get you barbara <laughs> <laughs> and that's like the way that they talk in those movies that's like the accent that they put on. it was an accent that was created by american cinema yeah uh, like this is how you talk in the talkies yeah yeah so <laughs> this is going on a rant about movies movies are interesting movies are cool uh hollywood the way they talked in an hollywood produced movie um right so a little bit later on in the scene um loomis puts the lighter up the room blows up Lori kind of cool guys don't look at explosions jumps out of and the she's way like behind a little thingy and you're and if you're me and you've seen all these movies you're like we all know that michael does not get hurt by fire and there we go in a man who is obviously in a flame retardant suit <laughs> walking off like a freaking stay pushed mar the marshmallow man hobbling he's like walking out and you're like yes this man is on fire mm -hmm. walking out like it's just another day yeah and then he just collapses and then we get that scene where like the fire is coming out of the mask kind of to definitively say he's done he's done he's dead loomis is dead they're both dead good riddance bye-bye um and then the movie ends well no you get the like the outside well i think it's important it to say that jimmy just doesn't leave this woman alone they get into jimmy, they dude. get into the 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 ambulance and Lori's like we both survived we survived and they're like holding they hands. sung the we did it song <laughs> we did it we did it we did it we survived right. michael myers and we left the hospital we, we did, did it. it we did it <laughs> <laughs> but i just thought and I, I i guess it's like we didn't need jimmy no not at all you and could have had that entire movie without jimmy he, he doesn't do a single thing he doesn't do movie. he doesn't do anything not a lot of these characters do anything and what i guess what we have is a, is a product of the times so like the first one like you're you're rooting for Lori. this one you're rooting for Lori. you're rooting for Lori. you're rooting for Lori, but like michael is the star like we're we're following michael Mm -hmm. we're not following Lori, because in no. the first one we're following Lori. this one we're definitely following my michael and he is the star mm -hmm. i just this is not my favorite movie <laughs> no i would say uh i i would i would agree i would say that this movie is it has a lot of flaws i think it's fun i mean you know, it's a good it. i mean okay so every halloween we watch halloween we don't watch Halloween 2 every Halloween. I, I told Brie, I'm like, dude, I haven't seen this movie in years. It's been years since I watched this movie. And the well, last time I watched this movie was with you. Mm -hmm. So if it's been years, it's been years. Yeah. So I, I thought it was worth the rewatch. Um, I mean, it's only 90 minutes. Like, who's it's a killing, quick, who's killing quick with movie. Minutes? And if you cannot afford to rent or buy it, you can watch it for free on the YouTube. On the YouTube, yep. <laughs> but it's, it's a TV a, cut. Yeah. So if you can deal with that and ads, of course. Right. So... I think that this movie is interesting because they didn't want to do it. 
Yeah. And you can and you tell. Can tell. You can tell. It's not it's not a labor of love. It's not a labor of love and you can tell that the first movie was like lightning in a bottle. Lightning in a bottle. Lightning in a bottle. This one not so much. Um this is like fireworks in a bottle like the ones I make with my first graders where I just put glitter and cotton balls and <laughs> like pipe cleaners in a water bottle that's filled with water and I close the cap and hot glue it and they shake it around that's not lightning in a bottle it's little kid craft in a bottle yeah that's a good analogy nobody wanted to make it I didn't want to make it I don't like bringing glitter to first but graders but it looks nice right it looks nice it, looks, it does the job presentable. the kids love it yeah it's presentable it'll make you money yeah <laughs> so I think that's a really good analogy for this movie <laughs> um so I guess I don't know. I don't have very much to say elsewise about. Well, that. here the the age old question: What we're here to do? Yeah. Does this go on your top one hundred, Anthony? No, no. <laughs> it does not. <laughs> I think that it's worth a rewatch. If you're a fan of the franchise, you're probably going to have fun with it. It's always nice to watch some of these movies just for like shits and giggles. But it definitely is not my top 100. Not on the top 100 movies of all time. Absolutely not. A, such such a prestigious list <laughs> like that. I don't I don't know. I don't think so. I, I love you, Michael, but the second movie's just terrible. I can't. I don't. I wouldn't say terrible. I mean, maybe you thought it was terrible. It's terrible. It's, it's, it's bad. It's not great, but it's also not horrible. I've seen worse. Yes. Uh, and we and we'll, will see and, worse. <laughs> uh, we'll get to worse. We'll get to. Just we'll hot garbage. Um, so, with that being said, both of us say no. No. Not on the top 100. All right. Uh, and then that does it, that I does, guess. That does it for the review. That does it for the review. That was Halloween 2. Um, we will be back with Halloween 3 for the next episode. Uh, I can't wait. To, you got into the pagan stuff. Like, just wait till we watch Halloween 3, if you remember that one at all. Um, it's we very get, pagan -y. We get into... And I'm going to do some myth-busting here. Do some myth-busting, Um, Because I did it here. Like, Samhain is not... And I think Samhain is mentioned in Halloween and it's 3, not a, And it's not a scary holiday, my friends. We celebrate it in this house. Um, sure. Like, I, make, I just make treats. Yeah. I, I make you... Like, I make really good treats um, on... Um, pagan holidays so we mm -hmm. usually do food drinks um this past year what did we have for dinner on Samhain I don't remember me either but I, I, I do I make I make stuff for that holiday and um we'll I'll get really into some myth busting because I think paganism gets I, a bad rap I think you're gonna like Halloween 3 if you Be don't remember it that much um paganism gets a bad rap in everything and I'm here to myth bust mm -hmm. because like that's that's what I, that's my beliefs there's a lot of cool behind the scenes stories about <laughs> Halloween 3 as well um so we'll we'll re we'll give it a rewatch we're gonna uh, get a review and a, a review. review um well, anyways, I think that's it. We'll be back with Halloween 3. Bree, do you have any kind of socials that you would like to plug? I'm going to plug our new, like, everything. Our We're, Instagram, yeah. our, like, our Spotify, Apple Music, our, our actual site. 
um, our YouTube. Please subscribe, follow us there. Um, I would even, I want to plug everything with the podcast. Really proud of this. Really excited to keep it um, up and running. And and we're figuring it out. So if the audio still isn't, you know, the best quality, we're getting there. We're figuring it out. Um, and, and we're just going to get better at this the more we keep doing it. Um, so to kind of piggyback off of what Brie was saying, let's plug our, our socials. So you can follow us on Instagram. If you, for bonus content, you can follow us on Instagram um, at, oh God, what is it? I'll look it up. Um, you keep, you plug our Spotify. So we can, uh, we're available on any kind of uh, podcasting platform uh, that you would normally find podcasts on. We're on Apple uh, Podcasts. We're on Spotify. Instagram uh, review underscore pod review underscore pod. You can follow myself on Twitter for uh, any updates at GLDTV1. And you can uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel if you're watching this on the Vidya. And that and is, we actually uh, do have um, now we have an email. We have an oh yeah yeah good so call. yeah we have an email so if you want to see us review review a movie even if we've never seen it before uh, we'll watch it and then we'll have to review it to yeah. <laughs> really get into it but and if there's anything new you want to tell us or maybe you made one of Bree's treats and you want to share a picture you want me to mention it I'm I'm really excited Sh like yeah share any of that stuff with us on uh, the email if you want to send us uh, some some stories of maybe your experiences with these movies if you want to send us questions you want us to answer um, about I don't know really anything we're, yeah you know here, these are these are um, uh, you can you can send us the email at uh, reach out to us at our business email at reviewpodcast1 at gmail.com. If I didn't get that right and I didn't remember it right, I should really write it down for the next time. Um, it's all in the descriptions. It's all in the podcast notes. It's in the descriptions. You can find all of our socials there as well. Yeah. Send us an email. Uh, even if it's just like a, hey, like I watch this movie with my dad every year it's like a tradition we'd love to hear that so mm -hmm. like really keep up to us um and yeah if you make any of the treats like let us tag us on instagram because yeah, i i really want to see especially the band-aid biscuits if you make those i really want to see them i'm gonna make them and i'm gonna put them on our put them on the next one yeah so. the next one and i'll bring so another treat to the next one i'm just gonna keep going thematically yeah hell yeah Cool. Halloween H2O is going to be a fun one. Halloween H2O is going to be a fun <laughs> one. Um, great. So now that we are done with our socials, uh, we'll wrap it up. I am Anthony. I'm Bree. And this is the Review Podcast. See you next time. Beep, 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 beep,